guys, Derek here from Bomb Socks, and welcome to the Bomb Bites podcast. Hey, if you're new to Bomb Bites, it's a service from our company, Bomb Socks, to help be a resource to use. You're studying along with the Come Follow Me curriculum for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hope you enjoy today's episode. So I want to conclude this week of uh, the Come Follow Me with Ezra and Nehemiah with one other principle that I think is crucial to the whole rebuilding process. Now, when you are trying to rebuild a broken, damaged life, there is always going to be opposition that's going to happen. It's not like Satan's going to be like, hey, good luck to you in your endeavors. I hope you can do everything to phase me out of your life completely and and move on and feel the spirit and all those things. No, you got to expect some opposition in this process, which leads you to chapter 6. And we've kind of seen this interwoven through the books of Ezra and Nehemiah as you see this this idea of adversaries who are coming along and trying to stop you from working. Well, in verse number one, you have got the enemies, Sanballat, the rest of the enemies are trying to thwart them from building the wall. Now, here is red flag number one. Verse number two, it talks about how they're in the villages of the plain of Ono. So right there, red flag. If there's people who are from the plains of Ono, yeah, you stay away from them. It says they thought to do me mischief. Now, verse number three, I sent messengers unto them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease whilst I leave it and come down unto you? Now, verse number four, you see the way Satan works in our lives. I believe that Satan is obnoxious and persistent and he's going to keep working on you. It says, yet they sent unto me four times after this sort. And I answered them after the same manner. Um, It reminds me of a couple different examples of scripture. One in particular in the Book of Mormon, where you have got Amalekiah, who's arguably the worst bad guy in the Book of Mormon, as he is trying to overthrow and become leader of the Lamanites. And he's a Nephite, and he's trying to become leader of the Lamanites. But it talks about when he's working with an individual named Lahontai. Verse number 12 of Alma 47, it says, It came to pass that when Amalekiah found that he could not get Lahontai to come down off the mountain. He's trying to get this guy away from his stronghold. He went up unto the mount, nearly to Lahontai's camp, and sent unto him the fourth time. And sadly, in this story, Lahontai comes down and meets him right there and is met with his demise. He's poisoned by degrees. It's a rough situation. I think about Moses in the book of Moses chapter 1, where Satan comes along and tempts Moses several different times. He tempts Jesus three times in uh, Matthew chapter 4. So Satan is obnoxious and persistent when you're trying to do good things, when you're having spiritual experiences, when you're rebuilding in your life, you've got to expect opposition. Well, I love that Dieter F. Uchtdorf several years ago focused on this story of Nehemiah, and he talked about this very principle. So I love this, so enjoy this. As the walls of the city began to rise, opposition intensified. Nehemiah's enemies threatened, conspired, and ridiculed. Their threats were very real, and they grew so intimidating that Nehemiah confessed, they all made us afraid. In spite of the danger and the ever-present threat of invasion, the work progressed. It was a time of stress for every builder had his sword girded by his side and so built it. As the work continued, Nehemiah's enemies became more desperate. Four times they entreated him to leave the safety of the city and meet with them 
under the pretense of resolving the conflict. But Nehemiah knew that their intent was to do him harm. Each time they approached him, he responded with the same answer. I'm doing a great work so that I cannot come down. What a remarkable response. With that clear and unchanging purpose of heart and mind, with that great resolve, the walls of Jerusalem rose until they were rebuilt in an astonishing 52 days. Nehemiah refused to allow distractions to prevent him from doing what the Lord wanted him to do. I, I love that. I, I love how it shows how focused we need to be when we are rebuilding. Um, there's a great quote from several years ago. Elder Randall Ridd gave a talk, and he talked about how if we're focused on the things of the world, we can miss a whole spiritual world that's around us. We may not be able to recognize the spiritual promptings that the Holy Ghost is anxious to give us to direct our lives and to bless others. Conversely, if we focus on the things of the Spirit and that which is virtuous, lovely, or a good reporter, praiseworthy, then we're we're less likely to be sidetracked by the temptations and distractions of the world, like we saw here in Nehemiah chapter 6. The best way to avoid distractions is to have our focus firmly set on our purpose and be anxiously engaged in a good cause. And I love just, it's like in that Nehemiah chapter 6, I am doing a great work and I will not come down. Be careful of your focus. Don't spend time focused on climbing a mountain only to discover you have climbed the wrong one. And so there's so much importance here to this idea of when we're rebuilding, you got to expect opposition, but you stay focused on what your goals are. Well, in putting all of this together, let me just come back to kind of what we've talked about this week with this idea of building or rebuilding a good life for yourself. You start at the foundation of daily prayer and scriptures. Who you allow to help is crucial in this process, allowing prophets, good friends to help you in this process. The undesirable work, the dung gate that we talked about that can help repair you, that undesirable work can help repair you. You get rid of the unnecessary rubbish, the, the not valuable things, the unimportant trash in your life that is keeping you from rebuilding. And then you remember what we've just talked about. We are doing a great work. Don't come down and get distracted from your rebuilding. Now, as we're rebuilding in, in our lives, sometimes the person that is standing in our own way is us. And we have our own frustrations in that process. I'm reminded, and I probably shared this with you before, but but Elder Bednar, he was speaking to a group of church employees a few years ago, and uh, he shared something that I think is super important to remember in the rebuilding process. But line upon line, precept upon precept, we ought to be making incremental progress. And I think one of the biggest barriers to this, Sister Bednar and I, when we were at BYU-Idaho, would meet with students every Monday night, let them ask questions. And one I've always remembered was a young woman. She was probably 20 or 21 years old. And her question was, Brother and Sister Bednar, I'm just not like Sister Hinckley. Well, duh. <laughs> and so my first response to her was, well, how old are you? And she said, I'm 20 years old. I said, well, Sister Hinckley's almost 90. She should be 70 years ahead of you, and you probably shouldn't be a whole lot like her. If we could get Sister Hinckley at 20, 
I bet she was probably a lot like you. Maybe not even as good. I don't know. Maybe a little better. But what you see in Sister Hinckley is 70 years of line upon line assessing the gap. Here's what I need to do. Here's how I sustain it. Yeah. Now I can see the gap again. It's, it's different, but it's still there. She's been doing that for 70 years. She ought to be ahead of you. I think there's a lot to learn from not locking in on the wrong object of comparison. He'll let us know how we're doing. You're not going to find out by comparing yourself to somebody else. I love that message. I love seeing Elder Bednar's personality. It's like, well, well, duh, you're not supposed to be that way. Line upon line, precept upon precept. When we get a little frustrated with our rebuilding process, I love this quote from C.S. Lewis. He is awesome. Imagine yourself as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps you can understand what he's doing. He's getting the drains right, stopping the leaks in the roof, and so on. You knew these jobs needed doing, and so you're not surprised. But presently, he starts knocking the house about in a way that hurts abominably and does not seem to make sense. What on earth is he up to? The explanation is that he is building quite a different house from the one you thought of. Throwing out a new wing here, putting out an extra floor there, running up towers, making courtyards. You thought you were going to be made into a decent little cottage, but he is building a palace. And so as you're going through that rebuilding process, please keep these things in mind. And I love the stories that are found here in Ezra and Nehemiah. And I think these principles are true. If you'd like to check out our video that goes with today's podcast, you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook by simply searching Bomb Socks. That's B-O-M-S-O-C-K-S. And be sure to check out our amazingly comfortable gospel-themed socks at bombsocks.com. Thanks for listening, and hope you'll join us again for more episodes of Bomb Bites. Godspeed, and have a great day.